Welcome to Electric Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Hyde. Joining us today is Carrie Lofton, a husband, entrepreneur, a self-taught content creator, and the author of the book, Money Talks, How to Confidently Price Your Work. So leaving his roots in New Orleans, Carrie plunged into the video production, carving out dope creative videos for local talent. His unique touch and inherent creativity blended with purposeful skills acquired from self-discipline and experience. In 2011, Carrie launched the Inspired Dreams Film Group from humble beginnings and limited resources. His relentless drive transformed into a sought-after name collaborating with top-tier brands and professional personalities. He began to develop confidence in his fantastic work and increased his price value, even when other talented content creators around him didn't. So he saw an opportunity to help others value and price their work accordingly, aka charge a lot of money. So plug in, he's going to tell you exactly how to do it as a creator. Anchored by his unwavering support of his wife, Carrie's story is one of ambition, tenacity, and partnership. Let's dive into this electrifying journey. You have 24 hours a day. Organize your day. You work hard. I'm here to talk about success. I feel like a lot of women would be looking at me like a lick. Oh, right. he's here with this person, or he's doing this, or exactly. he drives this, or he has this kind That's of job. Exactly what or he wearing this, and so do you want me for me, or do you want me because you're trying to, you just trying to slide along to the top? That I would have a hard time. Yeah, that's facts. Cause she was with me when I had nothing. She used to have to put money in my account for me to go get a haircut, and that's how I be. That's and the so ones it was that like, be like oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so it was like, of course, now you know what I'm saying, like. That's the kind of woman you want to build a life with. You don't and make now, it like that no more. Like now, these days, so yeah. That's what they that's what they say. I'll be like, man, come on now. That's why I, in the mix, I don't you don't got time to try to sit there. I don't have time to be like, let me try to figure out if I could trust this person. I've tried <laughs> yeah. to do those things and it's just it doesn't. But there's times where I'm like, dang, I should have did it early on. And that's the difference. Oh, wow. <laughs> Great. We have been rolling. Woo! Welcome to Electric. Theory, good sir. Thank you. The purpose of Electric Theory is to not only electrify diversity in thoughts, but it's to fuel innovation, sustainability, and engagement. And we do this and achieve this by leveraging experiences from unique individuals like yourself. And what we do is create this dynamic community of positive impact that we believe is going to impact the world. I love it. Yes, sir. Thank you for being here. With this book, let's cook it off, man. So I had the chance to actually browse through this book. Um, and I thought it was very interesting because it, it covers a concept. It's called Money Talks and like how to confidently price your work. It, it discuss how to really price point your business or like your uh, influence within a corporate space as a creative is what I've taken from it. Can yep. you tell us a little bit about that? Because I think that's a huge opportunity especially in the entertainment space, not really knowing how to price yourself, yeah, price your business, right? I think a lot of creatives undersell what they're doing. So let's talk about it. Let's dig in. Absolutely, man. That's You hit the nail on the head, man. I think that there is a huge need because it's one of those things where I was literally talking to my barber about it yesterday because yeah. he cuts Patrick Mahomes' hair. And ah. he was asking me, like, 
yo, man, what do you think? Like, when I go, he'll go on all his commercial shoots or whatever, and he's like, what do you think I should charge him? And I was just telling him, and he was like, yeah, man, that's along the lines. I met this makeup artist who found out what I was charging him at first, and she pulled me aside and put me on game and was like, yo, don't ever charge that little again. And so (laughs) it's... I this book is a culmination of the people who kind of tug me to the side and say, "Yo, man, you charging them five hundred dollars? You really should be charging them like a thousand. But we have to have that price transparency. We have to have those salary transparency so that people know. So I wanted to get really vulnerable and letting right. people know what a lot of my experiences was when I undercharged, and also when I started charging, and then the kind of conversations that I had or the kind of things that I ran into, man. But it's so important, man, because a lot of people are leaving a lot of money on the table and they mm-hmm. fumble in the bag because they don't know. They don't, right. they have no idea. They don't know. That's literally what I say in the book. It's like, you don't know where to start. You right. don't know what the, where, where, where to pinpoint it, what to do. So right. I just wanted to start the conversation, man. It's not the end all be all. It's not everybody's experience is not going to be my experience, but my hope is that uh, it starts the conversation for a lot of people. Right. And that's what electric theory is, man. It's really your theory on how you got from point A to point B So please describe what you do. I am. It's funny. As the years go on, it's getting harder and harder to to quantify it. You know what I mean? But mainly video producer, photographer, but most recently coming up on a year now, author and entrepreneur. So, yes, sir. Add the author to the resume. Yes. Man. So what inspires you to 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 write this book? Man, I've always uh, been drawn to, like, reading and writing. Okay. Um, like, in high school, English was my favorite subject, and I really thrived at, like, writing and telling stories. Okay. Uh, we actually published a book when I was in high school, like, a collective of stories that my senior class wrote. So much, man, like, when I first got to college and I just was taking, like, my regular classes, my English professor pulled me to the side after our first paper, and I thought I was in trouble. Oh, yeah. And he was like, trying to convince me to become an English major because <laughs> yeah. of how good my papers were. And so, Wait, what year was this? This was 2010. Oh, 20, so, okay. 2010. So, yeah, so it's been a it's been a dream of mine for yeah. quite some time, man. I've read, and my hype, man, I've been, like, I've averaged one reading a book a day at some point. Like, within, what? Like, within, I thought like, I was doing good with three a month. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> I know people don't even do three a year, let alone one a yeah. year. You're doing one a day? That's crazy. Yeah, man. Like, and within a 24-hour period, I will break it up. So I might wake up in the morning. Now, granted, it takes a lot. Yeah. Like, it's a lot. But if I'm dealing with a 300-page book, I'm like, all right, cool. If I read, I got 12 hours to read 150, 12 hours to read 150 right. tomorrow. So I've been able to, I can't sustain that for, like, super long. And right, right. Read 300 right. books in a year but i've been able to to really like zone in and lock in and do it so man i love writing i think i love books i think books are so great because i'm not able to have a conversation with a lot of people that i look up to famous people whatever it is but books are an opportunity to do that it's right. an opportunity to sit in the whole thing where it's like would you choose a hundred thousand or dinner with jay-z you right. don't have to i go pick up jay-z's book and read that and get the same info so i just love exactly. what books are able to do for people right i think they're a very important resource in the world and and so, yeah man so it's been a long time dream of mine so zooming in Let's let's dig into your background. Like yeah. I know, you know, you're obviously a creative. I want to dig into that atmosphere and figure out led you to become a photographer. And I'm sorry. Oh, does it, <laughs> does it make noise? All right, we'll cut. We're cutting there. So yeah, what led you to be in this creative space? 
Yeah, man, it fell in my lap. So when I graduated high school, I graduated in 2010. I okay. didn't really know what I wanted to do. I went, I got accepted into Xavier University, Louisiana, and okay. I thought I and was And that's where you're from, go. right? Yeah, I'm from Louisiana, from okay. New Orleans. Born and raised, lived there 22 years of my life. Yeah. And so I didn't really know, like, when high school was coming to an end, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Right. And I remember they came in for career day. And Xavier, a lot of people don't know this, is I don't know if they're still this, but at one point they were, like, number one in the nation for graduating black doctors, like top pharmacy yeah. program in, yeah. the, in the nation. And so they came and they were, like, recruiting heavy. They were like, yo, how would you like to go to school for six years, come out being a doctor, making six figures and all this stuff? So I was like, cool, sign me up. I always had good grades. I was like, I could do this. And so I got there. And the first day, I quickly realized I didn't want to be doing that. And right. so I switched my major over to computer science. I did that for two years. I was, like, working at the Apple Store and just kind of floating through. Did that for, sorry, not two years, just a couple of semesters. And got to a point to where I ended up having to drop out due to some financial and some personal reasons. And was just trying to figure out the next step. I had two buddies of mine that did music. And I was always in the studio with them. And right. I didn't want to be, like, that guy, you know what I mean, that's yeah. just, like, always around. And so <laughs> I was like, hey, you know, I think I want to try try to try my hand at like music videos and like okay. you guys like if I go get a camera can I start shooting some stuff for y'all and they're like cool so I literally went I sold I had an iPad I sold my iPad on Craigslist yeah. I bought bought a camera the same day off of Craigslist and I just started figuring out how to use it started mm. shooting their stuff and like within maybe two weeks two or three weeks that's one of the things I love about New Orleans it's so small so connected I got a call that like Lil Wayne and Cash Money was doing like their turkey giveaway and did I want to come take some photos? And I was like, sure, let's right. do this. And so like within two weeks of me picking up a camera, here I am like five feet away from Lil Wayne wow. passing out turkeys. And like I'm in the car Googling how to like settings for my camera That's so funny. I don't mess up. And so yeah. like I just had an epiphany moment of like, man, if I could do this within two weeks, if I Imagine really what you could really do, yeah. If I really get serious about my craft, like I could go do some things with it. And man, at 11, 12 years later, here I am, have been in a lot of cool places with a lot of cool people, man. And I'm just, I'm just blessed that the Lord allowed me to find this path that He had for me all along. Yes, let's talk about this path that He had for you all along. So, zooming in even further in your childhood. Cause we just got done and I just got done taking some photos with you. And it was just like, that was the quickest photo shoot I've ever done. <laughs> yeah. And some of the most fire angles hey, I appreciate like, off, that. like off the rip, you just have an eye for it. Did yeah. you like have this, did you notice this talent or skill set you had since when you were a kid or was it when you bought the camera that you purchased I think, before? The I think there was shoot? always inklings of it. Do you remember on the VHS tapes when they used to put the behind the scenes at the beginning of the movie or after the movie? Yeah, like, yeah. I always found myself a lot more drawn to that than the mm. actual movie. And I wasn't sitting there, oh, one day I'm going to do that. But I right. think that kind of seed was planted there. I also have this really weird thing where I'm not going to say all music videos, but if I hear a song, I can visualize the music video, whether it be like from like videos when I was a kid. Like we'll be talking, me and my wife will be talking and I'll be like, you remember this video? Like it'd be a song from 15 years ago and I can visualize the video. So I think... All of that is what drew me to it. But yeah, I mean, I think all throughout high school, I, whatever I put my mind to, uh, I was good at it. And like I had started doing Photoshop when I was in like ninth grade. And again, I taught myself Photoshop. Like mm -hmm. I was making like mock album covers and stuff like that. So I think that creative bug was always there. Right. It was just about me taking and finding uh, the right avenue for it. Mm. So yeah, what helped you find the right avenue? Because the reason I asked and the reason we dig into this is because we want the audience to 
not only glean and, and learn and take away from this, but essentially walk through that experience with you. Yeah. Because it really helps when you not only hear these authentic stories, it's like you going backwards mm-hmm. in time and in hindsight. And th- that's how we believe yeah. how you find your why. So like, Absolutely. what what initial st- steps did you take to pull all of those things that you just mentioned yeah. together to be like, okay, this is my why. I'm going to go get this camera. Yeah. I'm going to sell my iPad, something that you could have been using, you know, for for another purpose, mm-hmm. and it was like I'm gonna sell that and go get something that I I find more purposeful. Like what yeah. what would you attribute to that? I think it just felt right. You know, also while I was working at the Apple Store, I was meeting. This was at a time where like they were shooting tons of films in yeah. New Orleans, and so every day I was meeting. They come in and buy like 50 hard drives. They buy us out of hard drives, or they buy <laughs> 10 laptops. And I'm like, right. yo, what are you doing? Right. And they're like, oh, we're shooting this movie or whatever like that, and so. I felt like that was like, man, like where I'm in this Apple store, like selling these old ladies iPads and setting them up on the the app store (laughs) so they could play Angry Birds. But it was almost (laughs) like when these people were walking out of the Apple store, I'm like, can you take me with you, please? So I think like immediately, like the minute I made that jump forward of, yo, I'm going to go buy this camera. Yeah. That was me like taking that leap out there, not knowing how to use it, not knowing. Because what happens? Like I could stand on the sidelines and I think... I talk about it all the time. I think if I would have known what I know now back then, I don't know if I would have made some of the crazy wild decisions that I made to get to where I am. But I'm right. thankful that I was just taking it a step at a time because now nowadays, if I want to go buy something and $300, it don't seem like a lot. But back then, that was everything I had. Right. You know what I'm saying? And nowadays, if I were to make a purchase like that, and I, I'd want to look at all the, the logistics of it. Do I know how to use this camera? Let me learn how to use it first. Back then, I just was like, man, let's do it. You know right. what I'm saying? What's stopping me? And that's one of the things. That's why for my, my the first thing you see when you open up the book is the logo for my company. It's called For the Dreamers. And it's a little kid holding on to balloons that are like basically bringing them up into the sky. And for me, it's always going back to like that childlike imagination and that childlike creativity, because that's something I'm fighting against as I get older. And as I gain more experience and as I gain more knowledge is I'm trying to keep the voice of that little kid, that kid who's sitting there watching VHS tapes and mesmerized by the behind the scenes of it or that kid even I was 18 years old in the Apple store that's meeting these people who are making movies and they're like superheroes to me so I think for me it was just making that leap jumping and and just not being afraid and being like yo I can do this I can put my mind to it I can do it yeah no that's beautiful because right before you even mentioned the the first page of the the book that has the picture of the kid I was as you were talking about as you're getting older you think about more of the logistics aspect I was going to say or ask do you feel like if if you were to go back in, in, in time and had that approach, would you have made the necessary steps and took the necessary risks, essentially, that, that you've done to accomplish what you've accomplished? Probably not. I probably I, I had to be a little bit. I had to be reckless. And I, again, too, that's something I talk about in the book because obviously yeah. that, that leads along. I didn't get paid by cash money for that right. turkey giveaway photos or video. Right. I didn't get paid by a lot. Even that, I had to do a lot of free work and I had to eat a lot of humble pie mm-hmm. to get to where I am. And I think, honestly, that's why I'm part of the reason why I'm so blessed and what I'm doing now because I sowed so many seeds of investment when I was first starting Mm -hmm. that I'm still reaping the benefits of things that I did 10, 11 years ago when I was just getting started. So I'm thankful that, that I didn't think too much about it. I just dove right in and I just, I just, I 
took every opportunity that was faced in front of me and I approached it as best as I could to learn from it, grow from it, and it get get me to where I am now. No, yeah, like I said, that is so compelling. And I want the audience to walk away knowing that they can too. So what can you what what advice could you give someone who's ah I have this opportunity in front of me, but I don't, I'm just afraid to take that risk. Yeah. I feel like you're never you're never too anything. People always I'm too old, I'm too young, I'm too busy, mm-hmm. I'm too relaxed, I'm too this, I'm too that. I think you have to do away with those things. Those are all excuses that ultimately hold us up from the places that we're trying to go. I think you have to just do away with that and walk down those paths. And guess what? You might not, you might fail. You know, I shot a lot of terrible videos and took a lot of terrible <laughs> photos to get to a point to where somebody's saying, hey, man, that's actually pretty fire. Like, and so you have to just keep on shooting the ball. Um, and that's where I think um, a lot of people get so caught up in their head about right. um, what they have in front of them, even right. if you don't have money. Like Keyword, I tell, in your head. Yeah, like seriously, even if you don't have money, I tell people like, we're so blessed right now. Like, the fact that like iPhones can shoot the way that they shoot and right. pretty much everybody's got an iPhone. Like you don't have to have a $10,000 camera. You can go and you can make some incredible stuff and get it picked up by Apple. Cause Apple's got their whole shot on iPhone campaign. Right. So you could end up on TV with that. Like, I think there has to be like, of course you want to analyze the risk and you want to analyze what's in front of you. That's smart. That's good business. But at the end of the day, sometimes, man, you just got to jump out there and start swimming. Uh, and I didn't really know what I wanted to write a book on. Like, I've definitely, like, I've started books about, like, my story and my life right. and my upbringing. I've started books about relationship advice. And then just money, man, it just ended up being a perfect storm and happening that way. So it was a blessing. Yeah, man. That's, bro, I, I honestly can't even put into words how, like, not only fascinating but inspiring that is because, you don't see too many creatives willing to give knowledge. Yeah. Knowledge is essentially free. I mean, since the Gutenberg, mm-hmm. what is it? Good is that how you say it? Gutenberg Press? Again, you know what I'm talking about, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's like the church institution used to run everything, right? Mm-hmm. And it was because they had all the knowledge, yeah. right? All the monks would have to write the books mm-hmm. and they were in control of that knowledge. But yeah. whenever the Gutenberg press and like you were able to then create books on how to create a press, yeah. <laughs> it even made yeah. it more. It made it more accessible to people Absolutely. to understand how things work. Go find a book on whatever it is mm-hmm. that you're looking to do, and then make it happen. Yeah, going back to creatives in this space, giving knowledge. What I find really fascinating is that you're willing to give this type of information for free, essentially, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. yeah, it's in the book. Yes, you're gonna have to purchase the book. Go purchase the book. But it's not, hey, purchase this course or here, come schedule with this consultation yeah. for $150 and I'll give you this information, right? Yep. And then you just have it for that one setting or it's, hey, $299, you can get this blah, 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 right? Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I, yeah. it's, to me, that's like a scarcity kind of mindset. Yeah. And I think that, that people who not only flow with an abundance go this route. Yeah. And that's typically not the creatives because, like I said, that in that culture within that space it has that scarcity mindset yeah try to nickel and dime every single thing absolutely i just think that's like really fascinating what's one thing that you wrote in the book that you feel was something that you couldn't leave out you were like this has to be in there because this is what's going to really propel a creative forward man the first chapter talks about imposter syndrome and believing that you're worth 
what it is that you're mm-hmm. asking price. I, and I tell people, I'm like, if you can't get this, yep. then you may as well put the book down and right. go do something else. Because yep. if you can't, you wouldn't believe how many people I talk to, how many creatives I talk to when I tell them how much I'm getting paid, how much they could be getting paid. No, man, nobody would ever pay me that much money. Nobody would ever. And that right there yep, is that if you don't believe that, <laughs> if, if you don't believe that, you'll yep. never get the person right. on the other side of the table who's writing a check to believe that. And believe me, like, again, when I started hearing, yep. wait, you charging how much? Right. You getting paid how much? Right. You getting what? That's when... You have to have that. You have to see somebody else doing it, yeah, in order to have that confidence that, like, yo, I could go do it too. And so, for me, that's the biggest thing is that people have to get out of their own heads right. as far as like their own their value and what they bring to the table right. or a particular project. So that was mm. something that I wanted to talk about a lot. I wanted people, if they didn't get anything else out of the book, yeah. to walk away feeling like this is my price. I can ask it to anybody, and right. if if they don't pay it. That's okay because I'm still worth that price. For you know how sure. many people walk in yep. to Louis Vuitton every single day and right. pick up them bags and say, This bag ain't worth no nine thousand dollars, ten thousand right. dollars. Guess what? You think Louis in the back saying, Man, we had ten customers that said that they couldn't pay it. No, because they got thirty who's paying it. Exactly. And so right. we have to have that same mindset of because yep. that does, it does get discouraging. I, I I say that in the book. I said, This is you're gonna walk away, you're gonna up your prices and you're going to get a lot of no's. Yeah. That can't deter you. That can't yep. make you want to fumble back and say, oh, this dude don't know what he's talking about. I knew I should have never did this. No, you want to keep doing it. And when I started finally charging what I was worth, I got a lot of no's. But you know what I also got? Yeah. A lot of yeses and Hello. a lot of checks. Hello. So. Yeah, no, I recently heard on a podcast from this gentleman named Alex. He was like, if I don't hear a gasp, if you don't hear a gasp when you say their price, then your price is too low. Yeah. And I, it made me think about the times where I've sat down and I'm doing a deal and they say yes off the first proposal. I'm mm-hmm. like, I, I left money on the table there. Like, Absolutely. I want to be able to go to hand-to-hand combat on, like, this is what it is. This is mm-hmm. what my value is. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of people are afraid to do that. So how do you define imposter syndrome? I think when you have a mindset of I'm not worth it or... I see everybody else doing it, but that's for them. That's not for me. Mm-hmm. I think oh, feeling like you don't belong in a space, even though you're doing things every single day that keeps you in that space. That's Those are clear signs of imposter syndrome. If those are conversations right. that you're having, if you're looking at everybody else's work and you're like, man, I just, I can never do nothing like that. Or this person has this, or this person has that, or this person's working with this person and I'm not, or this person's getting paid that, or this person's went to that school, or this person has that, owns that camera, or this person right. lives in that state where it's all, those are all things that you are subtly telling yourself like you don't belong in that space. And that's mm-hmm. a mindset that needs to be weeded out and dealt with because it will affect you in every single area. It will affect how you not just approach pricing, but it will affect how you're actually creating because that's also a big part of it. It's not just, you're not just going to be getting paid less. You'll be giving people mediocre work because anything you approach with half a mind to do, it's not going to be worth it in the end. Mm -hmm. I think that's a, it's an important mindset, man, that needs to be dealt with because confidence is the key to everything, man. I say one, there's a quote I say in the book, I've seen, People who are confident sell terrible skills at a great price. Mm. 
And I've seen people who are not confident undersell really great skills. Yeah. And that's the main difference because I know it some is. people who stay busy right. and they're not the most talented, but they got the most confidence in the world. But then I know some people who are super duper talented that refuse to go on Instagram because my work sucks. This sucks. This wasn't <laughs> that great. This could have been better. Yeah. This, that. And it's, yo, do you like you are super talented, but their mindset is what's holding them back. Yeah, we're our biggest critic. Absolutely. It's crazy to think about it. So like you said, you have to weed out that mindset. How, if I'm, if I have imposter syndrome, how do I weed that mindset? You have to, it takes small wins. You have to start. Like for me, I didn't go from making a hundred dollars for a project, really nothing. I was doing a lot of free work when I got started. Free work. Excuse me. I didn't go from making a hundred thousand, a hundred dollars to a hundred thousand. I had to build up that confidence. I had to go from making a hundred dollars to asking for two. I had to go from making two hundred dollars to I'm, I'm gonna ask for two fifty this time. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. And feel myself. I go. Right. Ooh, I got me and my wife laugh about it all the time when I was like at one of my lowest, and I got paid seven hundred dollars for a music video where I shot all day, edited for two weeks, and but I rolled back home. I, I shot it in Baton Rouge. I rolled back home. I had to catch the the mega bus. It was like twenty dollar bus ticket. I had yeah. seven hundred dollars in my pocket, and we would. I'm calling like we about to. We hit the lottery. Let's go. I'm like That's freaking the twenties in the camera on <laughs> Facetime and everything. And now I look at it and I'm like, man, there's some projects where if you do the math, I'm getting paid seven hundred an hour. You know right. what I'm saying? And so it's, but you don't go from. $700 in your pocket, we yeah. made it to that overnight. You have to have those small wins. So yeah. that's something that, like, anything that grows too fast mm -hmm. is ultimately probably not going to sustain itself. And you have to build on those things. And that was for me is I got a lot of little confident boosting wins where it's, all right, cool, I'm going to try this out on this project. I'm going to ask for this. I'm going to I'm gonna do this. I'm going to try to work with this company. And then it just exponentially grows because then you go from making, all right, 500 to 1,000, 1,000 to 5,000, 5,000 to 20,000. And it just exponentially grows. But th there needs to be those little confident booster, confidence boosters along yeah. the way. But also, it has to be in you. Everybody could walk up to me and say, man, your work mm -hmm. is dope. But if I can't look in the mirror in the morning and drive that myself, right. it's great when people compliment me on my work. It's great when people want to work with me. But I'm not, I don't need that to propel my boat. You know what I'm saying? And if I did, I'm in trouble. Because at the end of the day, that's how I don't get on the roller coaster, the ups and downs. You know what right. I mean? Because if I have somebody who we just had a project that really tested my mental resolve as far as, yo, am I cut out for this? Is this, am I missing something? You know what yeah. I mean? We were working with a really big company, really big athlete. And it was just, I mean, I think we did 20-something versions by the time it was all said and done. Oh, wow. And that is, in those times when it gets like that, you have to be able to look in the mirror and say, yo, you that dude. Like, right, right, right. I know they're asking for 30 changes at a time, and we yeah. can't get this right, and it feels like this project is all wrong, but, like, I had to keep myself afloat. And so I think it's one of those things where you have to build up that mental fortitude and that confidence in your own ability. And that's something that nobody else can give you. You have to wake mm -hmm. up in the morning in the mirror and you have to look in the mirror and you have to be able to give that to yourself. Yeah. No, I, I couldn't agree more. And something I've, I've said on here plenty of times, ultimately the only thing that matters is how you feel about yourself when you're by yourself. Mm -hmm. So in regards to this, and that's not the only thing that matters, let me clarify. In regards to to, to generating self-worth, that's the only thing that matters. I, when I think about building up that confidence, 
why it's important as I'm listening to you to have those incremental wins. Mm -hmm. Because let's say you went from that $700 day to that $700 hour, uh, uh, you know, in, in a month or two span. When you have that project that you were working on and became difficult, you're going to look at yourself in the mirror and know that you didn't earn it. Mm-hmm. And that's going and people are going to call you out on that. They yeah. they're going to call BS because you can feel that, right? Yeah, like energy absolutely. doesn't lie, right? I'm sure that you understand that and believe that like energy mm-hmm. doesn't lie. So the other person on the other side is going to feel, mm-hmm. "Hey, I don't even know if this person really put the work in." And absolutely. then you're going to start telling yourself that and then the work is really going to be trash, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's like the fact that you know that you put in the work and you know that this is in you. That's what where the confidence comes from, right? Yeah. And then, like, I also think that it, it definitely has to be purpose-driven. So let's talk about more of, like, the, the, the purpose aspect. Do you feel like this was something that was, like, in alignment with, you know, out, you know, in alignment with where you are now, like you feel like, wow, this is definitely the right path. A million percent, and that's <laughs> a I'm million glad. percent. Never yeah, heard that. I yeah, that. because a the thing about percent. it is, I'm glad yeah. you say that because we got to keep it funky. Like, yeah. I'm all about people being confident in themselves, right? But on the flip side of that, we got to tell the truth. And there's a lot of people who are in a lot of spaces that ain't for them. That's not for them. And it's not because you just need a little bit of a confidence boost. It's because you need to figure out what your purpose is. You need a caboose. Get exactly. Out of you know yeah. what I'm saying? You can't hear, oh, such and such is making this much. Or they doing this. Or they working with that person. So I want to go try to do that. That's right. not always going to be your path. And so exactly. one of the things that. I've always prided myself on is being focused on my own lane. You right. know what I'm saying? I don't try to swerve into what somebody else is doing. And that's a real thing because yeah. some people, you can stand in the mirror all day long and get the most confidence. Like, you're still going to be struggling because that's not what you're supposed to do. And I believe that when people, I'm a, a big believer in purpose and mm. path and right. everybody having a specific, you could work super hard and get good at something but i believe when you're operating in your purpose that it's just there's an element to it that's it's like favor you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying it's like favor it's there's an element to it to where you don't have to work as hard like you still have to put the work in but you don't have to try there's sometimes right. where i look up and i look around at what i'm doing or the people i'm around or the rooms that i'm in and i'm like bro how did I didn't even get here. I didn't even try. I didn't. I tried. I put the effort into right. my craft. Right. But you I just know some it. people who they yeah. DMing everybody, texting everybody, calling everybody, trying to get on. And it's, here it is just fall in my lap. And right. I do believe that's directly connected to me operating in my purpose. What If I was a chef right now, could I work hard and put the hours in to be a great chef? Yeah, but I don't think I would be having the opportunities that are like literally falling in my lap yeah. because I am walking in my purpose. And I know this is what the Lord called and destined me to do. Mm. Man, so I think this is a perfect segue to ask, what is your thesis on purpose? How would you define it? I think purpose is we all were put here to do something and okay. to, to leave leave this earth with something and make an impact on people. Okay. And I believe that your purpose is where you impact people the most. My gift is for God. Right. And so everything that I'm doing is trying to honor him, even if I'm not making a Christian or a church video. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, I worked at a church for four years doing video production. But when I left, that didn't, that wasn't the end of me serving God with my gift. Right. You know what I mean? And I think 
that is a big thing. I think people have to stop. They have to think about it. They have to think about what they were put on this earth for and what the gift that they have to give people, whatever that is, whether it's singing, dancing. Yeah. Cre- it don't even have to be creative things. You right, know what right. I'm saying? It's just you could be a bus driver being a light in people's lives. You know right. what I'm saying? You could work at the convenience store. I remember when I was growing up in New Orleans, there was this guy named Ronald that worked at McDonald's. And that yeah. dude was the bro. I mean, you just... It was, imp- it was impossible to leave from ordering your food and not have a smile on your face. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. that dude, and I'm not saying his purpose was McDonald's, but probably I mean, his name some, was Ronald. You know what I'm saying? Ronald, which is, which hey, is, look, yeah. it might be, it might just be. <laughs> but the thing about it is, is it was probably something right. dealing with some sort of customer service and things like that. And Man, I, I think it's a, it's a very personal journey that people need to go on sooner than later. But I think everybody needs to have that conversation with themselves and pray about it, yeah. about what their purpose is and what they should be doing. Because then once you get on, it's like you go from running in sand to running on a track. You know what Jeez. I'm saying? It's just, it's you still got to run and put the work in. And I hate running. And I set this goal for myself this year yeah. where I said I was going to run, what I say, thousand, a thousand miles. I set a goal for myself. That I was oh, going to run a thousand miles. It's been kicking my butt. But you still got to go out there and put the work in on the track. But right. you're not doing yourselves any disservices when you're operating in your purposes. And so that's what I believe. So when people ask, sometimes, man, it it feels a little anticlimactic because I had a hard journey to get to where I am, but it could have been a hundred times harder. And like, literally, like when I found my job with the Cowboys, I found it on Google. Mm -hmm. Like I Google, like people want to hear this story where it's, man, yeah, I caught Jerry Jones and Walmart (laughs) and told him this and this, that, and the other. No, the Lord literally opened up a door because that's where I was supposed to be be i didn't have to fight super hard for it yeah so you said it's a journey so for those who hasn't started the journey yet what's the first step to finding that finding that purpose self-reflection i think there's a lot of people walking hey look hey i'm telling you there's gonna be so many trends that you're gonna find throughout this 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 podcast Mm -hmm. like this through this series it's that's from point A to point B, I just really hope that people are listening and understanding that these are going to be the things that yeah. ultimately set you free and then takes you to the other side, which is... Yeah. So, yeah. sorry, let's go back to, nah. that, to that question. It's, Step one, self-awareness. Boom. Yes. And it's not a cliche. It's not a, it's not a raw, you know let me put this on a shirt type of thing. Like, I think there's a lot of people walking around. One of the things that I try to work really hard on is self-awareness what you know if I do something where's that come from why did I react like that why did I say that why did I get upset there why did that make me sad why did that make me happy what is what's driving that I think so many people are walking around this earth without any sort of clue as to why they're doing the things that they're doing they're just kind of on a treadmill so to speak they aren't really thinking about all the things surrounding them. And so I think that self-reflection goes deeper than just what's my purpose. But I think it just is you, because then when you become aware, you're aware of all the things that are around you. And then the things that need to change because they aren't serving your purpose, you're aware of those things, the things that 
you know, you need to bring in that will help serve your purpose or the things that you're lacking that would help you in your purpose. You're aware of those things now. Right. But so many people, they just riding around life with a car full of stuff that doesn't serve them. Mm-hmm. And they haven't stopped to do an inventory to say, why do I even have this? Right. Why, do, why is this person even here? Why is right. this job even here? Why am I even going to this school? Exactly. Why am I even living in this state? Like they aren't, they just, they're going a, a hundred miles an hour with a bunch of stuff that does not serve their purpose. So why? No. So I think the first step is to stop and say, okay, Mm -hmm. let me take a, let me take an inventory. Let me figure out what am I doing? Where am I, where am I at? And how does this serve me or not serve me? And then you have to be not afraid to, to chop those things off. I had to lose a lot of friendships, relationships. Mm -hmm. I had to move from new Orleans to Dallas. I had to do a lot of things on my path to where I am now, because I was making decisions that was serving my purpose, not just what, what was comfortable or what I knew or what was mm. always what has always been. That's I think powerful. it starts there. That's powerful. And I, I, I hope that's clipped the it wasn't comfortable. Cause your purpose always isn't the most comfortable. Mm-mm. Right. And I don't even think that there's growth in being comfortable, to be honest. Absolutely. So not. if you're following your purpose, you're on a trajectory of growth. So you're going to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Step two. Step one, awareness. Step two is you have to be willing to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Because if you take inventory of all the things that are not serving you or your purpose, it makes no difference if you just say, okay, cool, because awareness does <laughs> yeah. nothing. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. If a person goes to the doctor and the doctor tells them that they're sick, but they don't prescribe them any medicine, that right. awareness does nothing for them in treating them to get better. Right. So you have to be prepared to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the chasm between the people who are making it and the people who aren't. Because mm-hmm. you also have a lot of people who are aware, but they just it's like the man in the Bible at the pool of Bethesda. You know what I'm saying? Like right. he knew what he needed to do to get his healing. He just didn't have the wherewithal to do it. You mean to tell me in how many years was he sitting by the pool? However many years. You mean to tell me you couldn't, it was, yeah, it was like 40, 50. I don't want to misquote it, but you mean to tell me in all of that time, you couldn't find a way to crawl, roll, pull. Okay. You grab one leg, you grab, there's a, he was aware, but he had to do something about it. And I think that's a big thing too, is that there's a large group of people who like it. Those are the people, this is how you can know they the talkers, man. When I get this, I'm going to do this, man. I got this business idea, man. I got this, I got that. There's an awareness there of what they want to try to do, but okay, stop telling me, go do it. You know what I'm saying? That's the thing. I don't talk a lot about, the things that I'm going to go do. I don't, I'm not a person where it's, oh yeah, this coming soon or this, or we got something for y'all. No, go do it. You know what I'm saying? You talking about the caption warriors. Yeah, go do it. And we'll see you on the other side. This, everybody, you see it. I'm real big on goals. I said, (laughs) yeah, like I'm real big on goals. Every year at the beginning of the year, I set goals. Right, right. And even if I don't ever open up that notes app, like I can show you my notes app where like I wrote three years ago, I was going to write a book took me three years to do it, but I set those GPS coordinates. I had to somehow get there. Right. All the things that I'm living, whether it's paying off debt or making a certain amount of money or working with this person, I had to set those goals and then find a way to get to it and be proactive about it. But you got a bunch of people, oh, yeah, we tapping in this year. This this our year. We about to, y'all look out. 
you said that last year and the year before last and the right. year before last and twenty twenty it was because of COVID and now twenty twenty one you back so, so man I mean but I want people yeah. to because the thing about it is like it's not easy but it's simple mm-hmm. I say that in a book it's not easy but it's simple right. work is work you know what I'm saying hard work is hard. But when it comes to just putting your head down and just doing it, that's right. a simple concept. Right. But you'd be surprised how many people don't grasp it. It's counterintuitive, 100%. Why don't they grasp it? Why don't they take this action? Before we get to step three, <laughs> why don't you think people take action? Because I, I do believe there are more people that have a sense of awareness of the things that they need to do. Because they'll get a syllabus, right? Let's just say you go to college, you get a syllabus, you know what you need to do, essentially. So they'll take the necessary you know steps to figure out what it is that you know that they need to accomplish but then what what stops them i think it's a lot of things but i think number one for a lot of people is fear mm-hmm. i think a lot of people fear failure mm-hmm. i think a lot of people feel i think that's probably the main one right. what if i look stupid or what if i right. what if it doesn't work out and sometimes you just got to put it all on the table on black and if it don't work out Guess what? You still breathing. You still have an opportunity to go do something else. There was a lot of stuff that I tried where I was like, oh, never doing that again. That yeah. was terrible. But you just have to keep it. <laughs> you have to just keep it rolling. So I think right. fear, uh, fear. And then probably like one of the things that's like my biggest pet peeve um, is laziness. Mm-hmm. Like I just I that's one thing I cannot deal with. Yeah. It's just laziness, man. Like I, there's no cure for it. There's no remedy to it. It's just, just plain old laziness of people who just, man, they just, they afraid to, or they don't want to go put that work in. And so mm-hmm. I don't really, I don't really know how to, how I can help those kinds of people. I usually, yeah. when I figure out, when I sniff laziness, I'm usually like, all right, we going somewhere else. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I, I can't even fathom being around. Someone that's like nah, <laughs> it, it rubs off on you, it man. Does. It's like it it's does. like a stench. It is. It's like, I can't be around you. If you like consistently talking about how much I work, mm-hmm. and then it's like, oh no, I can't be around. Like you're not gonna yeah. try to change my perspective and how I'm following my purpose, and I know I'm driven. And because you're not, you're like, hey man, why are you doing this? Why are you waking yeah. up early? Why yeah. are you? Yeah. You don't need to do all that. What's the reason? Like, nah, don't. Hey, listen, Mm-mm. don't be asking me. What's that questions. meme? They say, uh, how you wake up broke and still lay there? I'm scared of you. That's yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I don't understand. I, yeah. I try to be, I try to be cognizant of there's people who don't have the same opportunities as me or they mm-hmm. don't have the same privilege as me. But the thing about it is, like, when I moved to Dallas, I was homeless when I moved to Dallas. I didn't have mm-hmm. nothing to my name. So I started at the bottom and I pulled myself up to the top. I'm not, you're not talking about somebody who came here on a private jet for a job offer and mm-hmm. signed a contract or nothing like that. You're talking about somebody who came here and had nothing mm-hmm. and built what I built. You know what I'm saying? Thank, thankfully that the Lord allowed me to build. It's not that I want to say, man, I don't have no tolerance for laziness, but at the end of the day, like, what's your excuse? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, what's the excuse? All right, so we got step one to finding purpose is awareness, self-awareness. Step two was be ready to do something. What's step three? I think step three is to be flexible because that is the trickiest part about this whole process because you think you get, you go, and all right, right, cool, I I know my purpose. Mm -hmm. I know my marching orders. Right. And then God will a lot of times tell you to do some stuff that, or at least for me, that seemed counterintuitive. Go here, go do this, talk to this person, try this. 
And you're like, really? But if I, I feel like if yeah. I do, this will be a much better <laughs> use of my time or resources. Right. And you have to be flexible because we yeah. want to like, we want to take our marching orders and okay, cool. This is what I'm here to do. But yeah. I find one of the, the things that I'm most afraid of is getting so far away from God that like, I can't hear the the the, the call in the huddle. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because the thing it's about it reference. is we we practice it all week. But I still need to know you can see the defense and you need to call an audible. And if I ran out there, if I was a wide receiver and I ran out there in that huddle and was like, oh, yeah, I know the play. And then I ran and you yeah. called the audible, but I couldn't hear it. I'm going to run the wrong Clock. route. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to run the wrong route and I'm going to jeopardize what we're working on. And so right. I think it's the most it's the most beautiful kind of dynamic because we have to have control over it but then we have to give up control as well. You right. know what I'm saying? And realize that we in the driver's seat, but like we're not in control of like where we're headed. And so I think people need to be flexible. You have to do a lot of things. There was a lot of things that I did that seemed counterintuitive on the outside or counterproductive right. on the outside, but it was things that ended up being just like the biggest blessings and the things that God used to just open some like amazing doors for me. And it wouldn't have happened if I weren't flexible with the steps that he was giving me. So I think that you have to be that because it's not just like, all right, cool. I know what I'm doing now. Let me go do it. I'll see you later in 50 years when I do everything you ask me to do. No, we, every day we have to be like dependent on and get our marching orders, even though we know what the bigger picture is. Mm. Powerful, bro. You're preaching. Tell you, make me (laughs) about to reach into my bag. I'm thinking about Joshua, right? That being my name, I know Joshua. Yeah. And it's fascinating how God will call you to do some pretty unique things. Mm -hmm. My man's had to march around the wall of Jericho. (laughs) I know if I heard that order, I'd be like, I'm sorry, what? Like, yeah. I would, you'd be march around like where I could potentially be bow and arrow. You know what I'm saying? March around. Don't, shouldn't we maybe come? Sneak attack. You know what I mean? You don't want me to grab a hammer and hit the wall as I'm marching? Yeah, you know know what I'm saying? saying? Like, it's funny that you say that because it's so true. And you have to be agile. You have to be flexible, not only to just be a a great businessman or businesswoman, but it's so that you can hear what God has Mm -hmm. for you. Yeah. Or ultimately, you know, yourself. Yeah. Because I I believe God speaks to you in a still, quiet voice, Mm -hmm. and like you will hear it through yourself. Because it's like, I think some people think that, oh, I'm waiting to hear this, you know, being come down from heaven and wake me up in a dream. And and that may be true for someone, but that may not be true for you. So you have to experience it yourself and really just be flexible. And I love the reference you used about being in a huddle. Mm -hmm. Coming from a football background, I can definitely relate to that. Like you can't be too far. And I was the type of person, because I only played football one year, my my senior year, 11-man football. I was the type of person who really didn't know the place for real. So like, I had to be close enough to my Mike linebacker to be mm-hmm. like, all right, so what am I supposed to be doing yeah, for real? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, for real. Because they're like the quarterback of the defense. So it's, if I wasn't essentially close enough, I wouldn't be able to hear. So mm-hmm. it was like that reference definitely resonated. Yeah. We went through three steps, which was self-awareness first. Two is being willing to do something. And then three is being agile. Do you have any more steps outside of those three steps? Because I think those are solid. But if yeah. there's anything, you got a little bonus package, a little free game. 
for someone who's just a man care. I, I tried those things, man. I, I still can't figure it out. Is there something else that you have for... If you tried those <laughs> things and you can't figure it out, yeah. then you probably need to get on your knees and pray and start back at step one. That's, that's probably <laughs> what it is, man. That's no, seriously, man. That's why I can't... I've had people argue with me for me to try to take credit for the things that I've done. And I can't because when once you're aware of how little you are, Mm-hmm. And how little, it's really hard to get in a place and say, yeah, I did that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, I I won this award. I made mm-hmm. this money. I worked with this person. Yeah, you're doing it, but you can't take credit for any of that stuff. So I think, right. man, just that awareness, it's what, it, it's what keeps me grounded. It has to, because if I get too far from it, man, I'm just, it's going to all blow up in my face. Yeah. Now, I think that it's, I think there's a lot of people that are walking around this world without living in their purpose and i think that's a lot not only is a lot missed opportunity but you're going to constantly be searching for something yeah you're constantly going to be looking to fill that void because we i believe we all are here to to serve a purpose yeah and if we're not serving that purpose regardless of however you try to camouflage it whatever facade you create whatever tiktok dance you're doing you're still going to ultimately be unfulfilled yeah yeah until you're following your purpose yeah so I just want people that are listening right now to to understand that you can't. First off, you are important. You you do have meaning, and ultimately you have a you ultimately have a purpose. Yeah, to serve. Yep. And you just got to figure out how to best do that yeah. for someone. Like you said, it's however you can serve someone the best, and yep. that's a good way to explain it because we are here to serve others. Yep. Yeah. But what am I really good at? Yeah. How can I serve someone? Yep. So if you ask someone like who doesn't really know exactly what their purpose is you'd be like hey what what is it that you like to do or what do you want to do yeah it's they always say i just want to help someone i just want to mm-hmm. help people okay but how yeah. like how what do you do really well to actually help someone yeah so it's like really identifying what you do well which is the only way you could do that is self-awareness to your mm-hmm. point and then moving everything else that don't serve that purpose yeah out of the way that's bro that's honestly like something that it, it is powerful Mm-hmm. If if you can grasp this concept yeah. and it will change your life. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I mean, said I think too, you're robbing the world of of a gift that they need when you're not operating in your purpose. Because only mm-hmm. one another things that I talk about in the book is how there are other people doing what you do, but not from your perspective. And it's all needed. Many other photographers or videographers or whatever there is out there. But they don't have my voice and right. I don't have their voice. And right. so the world needs my gift and it needs their gift just as equally. Right. Because there are people that they can reach that I can't reach. There are people I can reach that they can't reach. Like, right. And so, you know, people have to not look at it as, oh, that one's already taking. You know what I'm saying? Like we all have work to do in our, not only in just the field that we're in, but then also in the realms that we're in, you know right. what I'm saying? And the rooms that we're in and the circles that we're in. So that's a huge part of it, man. It's just people being aware, man, I can't rob the people around me of a gift that they need, you know what I'm saying? And being able to tell those stories or give back or whatever it may be. Yeah, nah. And it's, I'm so glad we talked about what we talked about because we were going to dig into the book, but I want y'all to go get this book yourself, you know what I'm saying? And you can figure out how to, price point what it is that you do but i'm glad we decided to talk about purpose so that's one reason if you don't have another reason to get go get this book 
uh, is that this the author is writing a, a this book with purpose mm-hmm. ultimately, and that's the type of people that you know I glean from is people mm-hmm. that are purposely driven. If you're a transactional type of person, uh, I don't, I, I can't really learn yeah. much from you, yeah. and like I can't really glean from that. I don't really get down that that, yeah. that way. For someone who's purposeful. I appreciate you jumping on the podcast. Yeah. I appreciate the photos. I yeah. appreciate everything about you, man. I wish you and your wife success. Thank you. And many blessings. Yeah, I appreciate, appreciate that, you. man. I appreciate Where can people y'all get the book? Me. So it's on my website. I got a few copies left, man. Yeah. Just like we just sold, we just crossed 500 copies sold in less than a year, which Let's is, go. man, people don't realize if you like the average book, yeah. I'm not just talking about self-published books i'm talking about think about how many books are in barnes right, and, Noble right, right. and all that the average book sells about 250 copies in its lifetime so Dang. for us to i think we did two more than 250 the first weekend and for us to be crossing double of that in less than a year man is just a huge blessing so yeah. i have a few author copies left on my website carrylofton.com but it's also available on amazon you can get it primed to you the next day you can get it immediately on kindle there's an ebook version as well i'm thinking about doing a audiobook okay you gonna uh, do the voice yeah i oh, think yeah. sounds yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah but you got yeah. a good voice you say you so. might as well do the I'm thinking about doing the audio book, but yeah, so that's where, and I'm already working. I'm, I'm, I just wrote the intro for the second book. So. Okay, what's this? You know what I'm saying? I don't want to, I don't want to spoil the alert, but you can say uh, it. She can cut this part out. Me, what's the, uh, you know so it's, it'll be about, it'll be closely tied to this one. So okay. it's about, uh, one of the things I think people also struggle with is, um, like, getting bigger clients and knowing how to interact with bigger clients because right. it's a difference when right, right. you go and shoot. B2B, photos B2C. for yeah, yeah when you go and shoot photos for homeboy down the street or yeah. something like that and they venmo you 300 bucks and right cool and you might not even claim that on your taxes but learning how to <laughs> yeah. learning how to get into the rooms with these people where you're doing pitches and proposals and you're going right. through ideas and rfps and right. getting paid i work with some companies man i'm not gonna say no names but they know they wrong they net 90 yeah. you know what i'm saying so that means wow for people that don't know three you're months. not getting a check until <laughs> three months I feel like, bro, you gotta be, you can net these. What? <laughs> yeah, so. I need my shit at the front. Yeah. Not at the back. But I've seen people wig out. Uh, oh, yo, you trying to play me? Like, where's my money? It's been two months. on this, Bro, that invoice is on a desk in accounting somewhere and you right. will get your check in 90 days. So oh, yeah. it's it's really trying to help people because we don't know. We right. especially creators of color, mm-hmm. we have not been in those rooms or those right. environments with those people, man. So we got to get in there and we got to learn how to act accordingly, man. We got to we got to act like we've been there before. And so right. I've been privileged to be able to be in these rooms in these situations and so, yeah, so the next book will be about it's called I'm thinking uh, it's working title, but I think I'm going to call it uh big fish how to yeah. catch and and how to like catch that. and deal with big clients yeah no it's definitely a different it's definitely a whole different animal <laughs> <laughs> just thinking about it i started with just big clients but just knowing i mean i've been in the entertainment and creative space but yeah. just knowing how it works is yeah it's a different type of game oh yeah for you sure you gotta know how to play it's, just, it's more of a psychological game at the end of the day yeah i feel like most people can learn like how to play the game mm-hmm. it's just like you got to take the time to do it and absolutely build up that, like those small increments like you said and just build up that self-confidence yeah. to just walk into a room and be like yeah this is what it is yeah yeah build, and i've been right in the face yeah man i've I've really transitioned into because my bit my video and my production business is in a good space and i could you know almost do a lot of this stuff with my eyes closed i've really transitioned into 
uh, a space where, man, I just love trying to help people get to where I am, man. I like, I, I said something earlier on the call where I was like, come in, the water's fine. I see, I'm seeing more people uh, go freelance. I'm seeing more people uh, start their own businesses, man. So I just want to, I just want them to, I, I'm having such a good time out here. I <laughs> yeah. want to get everybody else out here in the water with me. Right. And whatever I can do to prepare you for that so that you don't have to, because I jumped in the water and my head went under and I'm choking and, and spitting out water. I want you to jump in and start swimming immediately. So right. if I could save you some of that trouble and your eyes ain't got to be burning and your nose ain't got to be burning like mine was burning when I jumped in, then, then man, right. that, that's, that, that's what's really fueling me right now. Nah, yeah, that's beautiful. And to your water reference and fish reference, <laughs> dead fish go downstream. If you a live fish, you yeah. can swim upstream. That's a bar. You know what I'm saying? That's so, like, for those people without purpose, you just going to be like a butterfly mm-hmm. or just a, a, a feather in the wind. You just mm-hmm. going to go wherever it takes yeah. you. You know what I'm saying? But in order to be a disruptor, you got to swim upstream. Yeah. yeah. You follow your purpose, you're going to go against the grain most yeah. of the time. You know what I'm saying? So you have to be ready and willing to do that. Absolutely. And you can't be mad. I see a lot of people mad where they at because of where the ride took them. But you can't, you can't be mad. You right. can't, if you just were alone for the ride, you can't be mad on where you end up. You right. know what I'm saying? If you don't like it, pull a line, get off the bus and start walking the other way. But, right. But you have to. You, have you got to. to. Yeah. Man, this is powerful. I appreciate for the the electric conversation. Absolutely. Likewise. Sharing like your, your authentic story and really how to find purpose. I'm, I'm glad to have you here. Yeah. Thank y'all for having me, man. Yes, it's sir. Dope. It was another good day. We had another good day. And if you line up enough good days, fuck around, have a good life. <laughs> <laughs>